This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's practically a universal truth that MLM clothing is cheap, plain, or hideously terrible. While I won't say that every single item on LuLaRoe is hideous, this basic white shirt is totally fine, I suppose, some of their leggings are so bad that whoever made them should be banned from designing anything ever again, and I do mean that. Even MLMs that don't specialize in clothing have done their sellers dirty with their designs. Beachbody, I'm looking at you. Oh, and I haven't forgotten that whole Let's Puke Together t-shirt from years ago. Others, like Amway, play it safe with their apparel and sell simple tees with the letter A on it, made to look like the A from their logo. They've also got sweaters that say Glister, which is probably a reference to one of their brands I honestly don't know, and they sell that for $20, which honestly is fairly reasonable. Their vests are a stupidly offensive price at almost $80. Like, seriously, how is it that these vests have less fabric than a hoodie but are somehow more expensive? Like, hmm, weird. But at least the look of it isn't jarring. Again, there are no unicorns and tacos on your crotch anyway, so again, big improvement. While I'm not about to go through my entire YouTube upload playlist and confirm this, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that clothing MLMs are one of the least discussed on my channel and one of the least popular kinds of MLMs. Fitness, supplements, insurance, makeup, cooking, you can probably think of several MLMs for each of those without breaking a sweat. But clothing? Where are you to go? I mean, other than LuLaRoe, are there really any other household names for clothing in the direct selling world? As it turns out, there actually is one, a company that claims to have quality clothing, Cabby. And honestly, their clothes don't look all that terrible. As many of you probably know, I am absolutely a sweater person. Doesn't matter if it's the summer, I just can't get enough of them. I'll take a sweater over a tank top pretty much any day of the week. As a matter of fact, it's what, July and uh, August, whatever the hell, where are we? I don't know, time is irrelevant. Uh, and I'm wearing a sweater right now as I'm recording. So Cabby's classic pullover is definitely cute and that's coming from a sweater connoisseur, but you could probably get cashmere at the same price and this definitely is not cashmere. So while I think that their collection absolutely needs a few more sweaters in it, as I think most collections do, their clothing isn't objectively terrible. Well, okay, this camo printed skirt, like I, this is not happening. It just screams, oh my God, Barbara, I'm so quirky in the skirt. Let's go to TJ Maxx and yell at the sales associates for wearing a rainbow pin. Like it just screams it. And these floral print high rise shorts too. As said in the School of Rock, you're tacky and I hate you. These are doing absolutely nothing for that woman's figure and who would pay almost $100 for them too? I just think that's crazy. Now, some things are a matter of preference and that's just fine. Isn't that how that saying goes as well? Everyone knows the phrase, the customer is always right, but the full phrase is actually, the customer is always right in matters of taste, which means the customer can buy whatever the hell they think they want to buy, whether it looks good on them or not. It does not mean you actually get to berate store employees. I know that's shocking to many of the Karens out there, but unfortunately that's the actual phrase. Nothing really looks terribly shitty on this website. That's just, you know, the frank little bottom line here. That in of itself is honestly pretty impressive for an MLM. 
I may not like to admit it, but hey, something that isn't obviously harmful based on junk science or about to fall apart during shipping, that's one point for Cabby. Could this be another MLM that just unfortunately doesn't realize the harm they're doing through their business model? Maybe they do have good products and are unaware of the predatory nature of MLMs themselves. Or is there something more sinister behind the scenes here? Well, that's what we're gonna try and find out on today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. Hello friends, I am so thrilled to get to connect with you. Listen, I wanna share with you all about this gorgeous cabbie collection. Now, here is a lookbook. We do have a website. Love these two together. No, for me, that's easy. Styles. I am a style. So I'm a cabbie stylist myself. And I basically help women make it easy to look good and feel great in what they wear. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not a ton of information on Cabby out there, but there's still plenty for us to work with. So let's start with who they claim to be, and then we'll get into what makes them different and eventually what may make them dangerous. Come with me to a Cabby fashion event. We started off with mimosas, flipped through the lookbook and the notion, got to see all the clothes in the collection. Check out how cute these accessories are. So first and foremost, they claim that they're a high-end fashion MLM. They don't just sell overpriced, I'm sorry, luxury clothing, but they also sell you the idea of women's empowerment because of course they do. Their motto is a company for women by women. The name itself, Cabby, actually stands for Carol Anderson by invitation. Carol herself being one of the founders alongside Kimberly Inskeep. It all began with a little girl growing up in rural Omaha in an all-American family. Carol's parents recognized her artistic creativity and enthusiastically encouraged her interests. These two women claim that their company is a way to have designer collections that you can sell to your friends and family, your customers, and you'll earn about 25 to 33% commission. And yes, because this is an MLM, you'll also receive a commission from your downline, Darn, me and those words. I meant your team. I just keep tripping over my tongue today. Oh, darn. From the very start, Cabby is wildly different from many MLMs we've previously covered. While you'd sure guess that some of the ones we discuss must be luxury brands because of their sky-high prices, this is probably one of the first that I've seen that's actually claiming to be luxury and high-end. Though I can't confirm this reasoning, and this is only my little game theory here, I think that many MLMs want to be accessible simply so they can just have more signups. If you're not a wealthy white stay-at-home mom, then Cabby may not be possible for you because that really seems to be their target market, people with lots of expendable income. Many MLMs like Herbalife prey on immigrants, promising them the world and have relatively low cost products like shakes that they can sell to just about anyone. 
but the market for luxury clothes is far smaller. Cabbie has apparently found its niche and they're damn good at marketing to it. I am most obviously not their niche, one, because MLM, but two, because luxury clothing. Like, I know this sounds bad. I'm still okay with shopping at Kohl's or whatever. Like, it's okay. So Cabbie will offer you your own business, personalized home support, clothing discounts, and they even call you a stylist. Of course, you're not an employee when you work with them, but you're a stylist for your clients. Think of yourself as one of those pretentious, luxurious fashionistas saying, darling, that's not your color, and always having the latest fashions in your closet. That could be you, and you'll be making money doing it. That's if you're worthy, of course, because that's the other thing that Cabbie does differently, and that's inherent to their company. They don't make signing up accessible. Not just anyone can stroll onto their site and start selling clothing, and it costs $2,500 to start. According to Racked, you'll need to buy the complete line of sample items for each season and then sell from that. You'll have your little pop-up or online shop or whatever, but you have to put a boatload of money into this potentially sinking ship right out the gate. Quote, Cabby's executives explain that the $2,500 investment is a purposefully high barrier for entry. Only women serious about a career with Cabby need apply. So there's a couple things wrong with this, so let's just quickly pick it apart, right? Let's start with the first thing. They're legally not allowed to have a startup cost this high in some countries. One well-known anti-MLM blog says this is why you don't hear about Cabbie in the UK because they literally cannot operate like this over there. This is one of the first things that got LuLaRoe in so much trouble. They charged between $500 and $5,000 in startup fees, effectively making their employees their customers. It didn't matter if their stylist sold all of their products, they already cashed their checks and stuck it in the bank. Not that most people really use proper paper checks anymore, but you get my point. The shoddy leggings were already paid for. And while Cabbie may not be dealing in shoddy leggings, the business model is pretty damn similar. As for the second thing wrong with the statement, it's our keyword of the day here, exclusivity. Cabbie wants you to believe that they're fancy. Those jeans mostly made of cotton and that plain cornflower blue rayon top are worth $139 and $64 respectively because they don't just take anyone into their inner circle. For real, do the words, those not serious need not apply, sound more like a challenge? Like the tiniest infinitesimal part of me just wants to apply to prove them wrong. Obviously I'm not going to, and obviously you shouldn't either, but this language is so common in scams and it works. Sid Ryan, one of the original 10 members of Cabbie told Racked, quote, Network marketing, social selling, direct sales, whatever stigmas are out there, many use words like recruit and let's sign them on, and that's not us. We're looking for the right fit. Again, this is super common among shady deals and scams. This doesn't mean that cabbie is a scam. I'm only stating that scams will also use this type of language, and I find that interesting. Here's another well-known example, Bernie Madoff. I remember when researching him, how he supposedly turned people down and only took the best of the best clients, celebrities, the top 1% of the 1%. He was an exclusive investor and it was perceived exclusivity that made him so coveted. He has to be this good if so many people want him, right? And Madoff knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't simply that amazing that he had to whittle down his client list. He was a masterful scam artist and this illusion was part of the farce. Luxury brands like Gucci and Chanel do the same thing to a lesser extent. Their marketing campaigns make their products seem rare and the epitome of fashion, but you can also just head over to their websites and get whatever you want shipped to your house too. 
anyone with a connection to the internet can buy a product in a few clicks. So is it really exclusive or is it just expensive? It may not be a scam to buy from them. It's just kind of some subtle undertones here. It's a marketing strategy that's been used for years. And in my opinion, that's exactly what Cabby is doing. This is a marketing tactic. I don't really think they're anything special for it either, but they do want you to feel that way. They really, really do. And they'll ram it down your throat how special they are. Katie Malone, Cabby's VP of Marketing and Events, told a crowd of eager Cabby stylists, quote, Uber is the world's largest personal transportation company that owns no vehicles. Airbnb is the world's largest accommodations company that owns no real estate. Could Cabby become the world's largest women's fashion retailer with personal styling services and personal relationships with their clients that owns no stores? And I mean, Stitch Fix does this and isn't an MLM, so I'm sorry, Cabby, but you're not as special as you think. And of course, while Stitch Fix is my place for the sweater hookup, there are a lot of services like this and they don't use a predatory business model either. Yeah, this is a relatively new market that's emerged, but again, it's this perceived exclusivity attitude that Cabby pushes on people that makes them different. Maybe they think that's a good thing, but I'm not sure that different always means good. There are a few other things about Cabby that are unique though, that we still need to go over. So let's dig a little bit deeper into the skeletons in their closet. Hi, I'm Kimberly Inskeep. Well, as you consider Cabby as a full-time or part-time career, my goal today is to give you an overview of the unique business model. We know how important your initial investment and All right, so you're selected to be one of Cabby's stylists. Looks like you were good enough, AKA your wallet was stacked enough. So what's next for you? Well, this is also where Cabby is a touch different from other MLMs. As we mentioned earlier, this is the part where you spend thousands on clothing. If you look at seller Sid Ryan's math, you're getting a deal. You can earn up to one third commission on products you sell, profit off selling a past season sample line, and you get money from women you sign up. Sure, you have to attend two cabby events a year and that will most certainly eat into your profit. And sure, you have to host parties worthy of a luxury brand if you invite people over to buy products, but it's all worth it, right? Well, let's take a look at Cabby's math and find out. So here's the big promising statement that I wanted to explore from the very beginning. Cabby sellers supposedly make $30,000 a year, $30,000. The women working there often have a second job, but this is apparently just a very profitable side hustle. Those that promote or support Cabby talk about their subscription, the app, their virtual shows, and their fashion experiences, all in an attempt to prove that Cabby will present you with endless ways to earn money. Therefore, if all of this is true, Cabby's income disclosure should back this up, except for one problem. It doesn't. On the surface, it looks like if you've been with Cabby for 15 or more seasons, which is almost four years, then your average salary will be above $30,000. And I think that's really incredible. And the fact that most of the sellers, 63%, are in this category is actually pretty impressive. This is some of the best looking income disclosures that I think I've ever seen when you view it. Now stick with Cabby for a couple of years and hey, you're in their top 10%, you could be making close to six figures but let's go ahead and read the fine print, quote. Average annual commissions are calculated by adding the 2021 commissions of all stylists who met seasonal sales minimums for both the spring 2021 and fall 2021 season and dividing by the number of stylists who met the seasonal sales minimums for both the spring 21 and fall 21 seasons. 
29% of stylists achieved or surpassed the overall average annual commissions in 2020. Hopefully that didn't give you whiplash because their wording is a little confusing and in my opinion, purposefully so. Basically, all of these annuals are calculated based on employees. I'm sorry, stylists. There's that damn frog in my throat again, who makes minimum commission. Around 70% of stylists are not included in that number. Now, and again, math is not my strong suit here, but if I'm looking at this correctly, that means it's more like 15% of stylists have been at Cabbie for a while making that kind of money. Now, again, I could be completely wrong because there's even more asterisks at the bottom, potentially driving that number even lower. But the point is the same. Cabbie's numbers are not as amazing as they initially seem. I find it interesting that they're so exclusive and it's such a privilege to join this club, but that you may not even make enough to be included on their income sheet. Plus, this is only the stylist that made it two seasons. What about the people that are only there for one season and then quit because they realize their friends don't wanna pay $60 for a simple tank top? So things for me just don't add up, figuratively or literally. They boast about not having a hierarchy like other MLMs. There's no bullshit ruby level or diamond level with superficial achievements that drive people to sell more. Yet on their own income disclosure, they group people into how many seasons they've been there in place of what levels should be. Then Laura Dye, one of their event hosts, says that Cabbie is more like a boutique. Quote, Cabbie fits a woman really well. It just does the job and it lasts. They know a woman's body, like a real woman's body. But then when you go to Cabbie's website and I only saw one plus size model and it was in their extended XXL tab. So you've literally got 15 items for larger women to choose from, but there are no XXL models anywhere on the site except for one to advertise that they have these sizes. But all right, you know a woman's body for sure. I think at the end of the day, it's really like just the shadiness of it all, the income disclosure, the promises of uniqueness and being different. I just don't see it. Like let's call a spade a spade, or in this case, let's call an MLM an MLM, no matter how dressed up it is, honestly. But there is one person who really won't be thrilled if we do that, and who tries to avoid that whole direct selling language whenever possible. And that's one of the founders, Kimberly Inskeep. CEO Kimberly Inskeep did an interview with Jillica Hemmings in Authority Magazine back in November of 2020. While it may not have been all that informative, I did find it a little bit revealing. Kimberly said that someone who eventually became her business partner had approached her about selling directly to consumers. This guy and his wife ran a mid-sized women's apparel company and were tired of running around distribution circles. So by taking things into their own hands, they were able to market directly to their clientele. Kimberly invited people over in groups, throwing parties, selling clothes, and having fun. Her friend said, quote, if we could shop this way all the time, we'd never go to the store again. And well, the rest is history. So let me point out a couple of brief things here. There's nothing wrong with selling your products to friends and family, especially when you're a small business. Maybe you're learning to crochet and chances are the first crochet hat you make for a partner, a family member, a close friend, or for yourself, that's perfectly fine, but it's most certainly not gonna be the fastest work you've ever done. And it's probably not gonna be the most perfect work you've done either. And when you expand your business, hopefully you won't continue to rely on your friends and family, but being a homegrown startup is not my issue with Cabby's origin story. It's the fact that Kimberly wasn't just throwing parties to sell clothes. She later started selling opportunities and false promises, but that's my opinion, of course. 
please stop acting like you're breaking the mold, my dear. Anyone can gather their friends together and binge shop online while drinking champagne. That is truly not a unique concept. But I digress. Kimberly also says that she learned her company needed to be run by women when her business partners tried to name it Home Merchants Group, which she said sounded like the Home Depot. After five months, the name died out and Cabby came along, which uh, this whole time, Cabby to me sounds like a taxi service name and not a clothing store. So I hardly think naming skills qualify someone to run a business, but oh well. The way Kimberly talks about Cabby, you'd really think it was almost like a hair salon. She mentions how thousands of her stylists were able to transition during the pandemic since they had strong relationships with their clients and how she wants stylists to thrive and not burn out. And that is all well and good. But these questions are such softballs that Jalea might as well have been throwing marshmallows at Kimberly. Could it be that stylists burn out because they're desperate to earn those thousands back that they initially invested? What does Cabby do to empower women as you claim it does other than offer them a business that they need to run? For example, right now on Cabby's website, they sell less than 50 shirts. Many of them are very basic, solid color tops. How do they expect to be revolutionary with such a small selection? It is possible that they're going for a minimalist experience, avoiding that over-consuming fast fashion mindset, but how can they expect stylists themselves to truly make money when they can only show clients the same few combinations over and over again every single season? Without a doubt, Kimberly has made plenty of opportunities for herself. The brand has made $250 million annually around 2017, and with only 3,500 sellers back then, I'm sure plenty of that ended up in her and Carol Anderson's pockets. As an aside, 3,500 is the same number that they list on LinkedIn, so it doesn't seem like much has changed. But how do the stylists themselves feel? Well, the CEO before Kimberly, Lynn Cote, even alleged that when it comes to Cabby's Salesforce, they have an 86% retention rate. Quote, that means over 86% of our stylists come back each season. And that's remarkable. If you look at any other direct sales companies, any social selling companies or home-based companies, that number is less than 25%. I can absolutely believe that last figure considering MLM hopping, but it does seem like a pretty steep claim, like 86% compared to like 25%. It is very impressive if it's true, but again, there's a catch, if true. Can Cabby actually prove that? The short answer is no. The long answer is that the Direct Selling Association can't confirm this number and Cabby isn't a member of them anyway. Cabby does say that over 85% of stylists review their Cabby businesses each season, but I'm not really confident that this means the vast majority are guaranteed to be happy. Remember how we said that a huge portion of Cabby stylists aren't even accounted for on income disclosures? Having a giant chunk of stylists renewing their business, desperate to break even, that feels a little bit different from the words retention rate, more like a hostage rate, depending on the situation. But again, just my silly little goofy opinion. Now, let's say that you do join Cabby as a stylist. You sell their clothes to your friends and you attend their scoop, one of those twice annual gatherings with runways and pink confetti and generic motivational speeches all about empowerment. Vision, you need a mindset and you need others. Listening to Kimberly, I mean, she's so inspirational to me. So women, are we woes? Whoa, women of action. I love the heart of Cabby. They always give me something that when I leave, I'm proud to be a part of it. Well, what then? Do you become rich and famous along with this little snazzy exclusive club? Are you destined to do well? And are your clients guaranteed to be satisfied? 
Well, we're going to try and answer those questions in the final section of today's episode. But before I try to unravel what the end game is for Cabby, let's just take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. We live in an increasingly automated world, but some things still require tedious manual work. Luckily for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. You can save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboard while keeping costs down with industry-leading discounts. Now, I've been using ShipStation on desktop, but one of my friends started using ShipStation recently for their own online business and found out that there's an app. And I feel so dumb for never checking that there was an app, but let me tell you, I've been kind of playing around with it because I downloaded it myself. And the app is very easy to use and it connects to the little, you know, four by six thermal printer and everything. It's super fun, actually. Well, I shouldn't say fun, but it's fun for me because I like watching the printer go brrr. But the point is, ShipStation makes this really easy and it's easy to communicate with the stores that you operate in, link in your orders, transfer the addresses and other information you need. And then you get to compare shipping rates so that you can see how fast, how safe, whatever it is that you need the package to get there and how it's gonna get there and compare all the rates in one easy to understand platform. And ShipStation integrates everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. And with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy, ShipStation scales when you do. And don't forget about those discounts because I mentioned it, but let me me just make it a little more clear. You can get up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, you can use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code MLM today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code MLM. Today's episode is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. But did you know that Honey also takes just a couple seconds to get? That means if you go to add it to your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before this ad read is even over. And honestly, that's also how it feels to use Honey. It runs in the background, it does its own thing, you do all your shopping online, and then when you're ready to check out, it just pops down for a couple seconds, checks for any working coupons, and if you find a working one, you'll watch those prices drop right away. And by the way, did I mention that Honey is free? Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes, and it's gonna apply the best one that it finds right to your cart. So it doesn't matter if you're buying clothing, technology, pizza, dog toys, whatever it might be, Honey's got you covered. And I think I've mentioned it, Honey has saved me like 20% on dog toys. It saved me 40% on pizza. I think that's like my crown jewel highlight for like the rest of my life, 40% off on pizza. I didn't even know people do 40% discounts. And like I mentioned at the very start, Honey doesn't just work on desktop, it works on your iPhone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and you can save money on the go. Getting Honey takes seriously just a couple seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash MLM. Again, that's joinhoney.com slash MLM. So the final question for today is this, what is Cabby's endgame? Well, it depends on who you ask. Some may say that Cabby is worth it and others obviously say it isn't. The blog Wardrobe Oxygen was impressed with the designs, comfort, and catalog, but said she was disappointed that they didn't have more plus sizes, lengths for the pants, and more petite pants too. Basically, their clothes fit the model, and while there's some flexibility, it's not as much as you might think. 
But hey, Cabby knows women's bodies. They said that earlier, right? Sure. As we brought that up earlier too, Wardrobe Oxygen also complained that the selection was pretty poor, lacking in skirts and dresses the season she tried on, which honestly shouldn't be an issue for a brand this expensive. Cabby has expanded since her review in 2011, but looking at the site today, I can see the same complaints still being made. And let me clarify what I meant by that. I'm not saying I'm seeing the complaints on the website. I'm seeing that her same complaints that she made would probably still be valid by looking at the website today. Reviews, of course, are pretty positive on the site, but it's always hard to know who's a customer and who's a consultant when checking those out. Maybe the clothes genuinely are comfortable and stylish, assuming that they fit you correctly. Personally, I can't see myself spending that much money on them, let alone that business model. As for what consultants have to say, it gets a little bit more complicated. In one cabbie Facebook post, a stylist, Rebecca Shepard, tells a story that pulls on the heartstrings. No one ever in their life prepares for a moment like this. There I was, 38, all of a sudden a widow, all of a sudden a single parent, and um, I began to develop a really strong sense that because we're still here, because I was still here, um, there was significant purpose that I needed to accomplish. I just knew being a part of Cabby and Kinesi Essentially, after her husband's sudden passing, Rebecca was left as the sole parent and provider for her family. She had only just joined Cabby, but was able to support her family with her job. She had friends there, emotional support from coworkers, and her fashion dreams pulled her through. And genuinely, I am very happy for her. She went through a lot and came out on the other side stronger. I have no ill will towards her. But for Cabby, this entire message puts me a little bit on edge. Let selling clothes be your reason for getting up in the morning. Not maybe weaponizing someone's husband who just died to make your point that selling clothes for you is a good idea. I don't know, something about it just really rubs me the wrong way. I think we should dogpile and criticize any standard retailer that would do something like this too, just for the record. This is not exclusive to Cabby or MLMs or whatever. Anyone that would do this, I think would deserve the criticism. Could you imagine an employee at a clothing store or any other MLM saying something like this and it just being okay? Like I poured my heart and soul into my minimum wage job at Gucci to support my family when I was widowed or when I lost my husband, my friends at Avon were there to help me through. I don't, again, I don't think it matters. MLM, standard store, whatever. It's the same thing. You didn't come in and rescue this woman so she could support her family, but that's how they're going to present themselves. Rebecca is earning this company money with all of her hard work. And while I'm glad her coworkers have offered support, that's also the very least that someone can do. Personally, I just can't and won't give Cabby credit here. Now, there are also allegations floating around that Cabby consultants were fired after signing up with another clothing company, but otherwise not much is actually said about them online. They're largely considered superior with one Fortune article even calling on Avon to learn from Cabby's way of direct selling. And hey, while Cabby may claim to be luxury, exclusive, and a cut above the rest, I just don't see anything particularly special about them. Except for some of those weird patterns I mentioned at the start of the episode, because those are absolutely interesting, that's for sure. But with all of that being said, that is where we are going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're following, liking, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Bye.